You need the lowdown? It's with Low Tide right now, right now. on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, the gales of November come early for the Edmonton Oilers. Are these expensive wingers eroding already? Oh my! Jay Woodcroft, is he under fire? Maybe he should be. Ken Holland too. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, also Radio Player Canada. Text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. Love the cold opening. Very cool. Live from wherever. Uh, Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. Declan, did you not find the music? What happened there? No, no, no. Well, usually we have, you know, the show opener that's become a staple. It runs about seven. It runs exactly 17 seconds, actually. But uh, over the weekend, we were given a bunch of uh, new new intros. So I didn't know that one was going to be cold. It didn't say it was cold oh. or anything. We have about eight to rotate through from here. And uh, that oh. was the first one on the so list. So grabbed it. And would I didn't love it. ordinarily put music underneath that? Or is that going to be the way it is? Because I can do that. Well, the pre-made one naturally has the bed, too it you know sometimes when we come out of break if the intro yeah. to the song is long enough we'll play the cold one uh i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna get a pre- preview the rest here and get one with music <laughs> and uh, we'll make that mistake again it wasn't a mistake it was not a mistake you you are too hard on yourself yeah i mean i wouldn't call it a mistake i just didn't like it i want things I to be i actually thought it was very cool i thought it was okay. the only reason i draw attention to it is because i did think it was cool and i would like to do that again Okay. Well, right. I mean, listen, we got a lot to choose from, so I'm sure we can make that happen. There we go. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Matthew Collar from uh, purpleinsider.com, talking Vikings. They haven't been good for a long time. Not really, no. And Jason Gregor will join us. Lots to talk about. He's down at the rink updating uh, the uh, power play lines and more, and we'll have that in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Jay Woodcroft's to-do list today. I want you to imagine, you know, you're driving to work, and you're like, ah, that damn snow, and, you know, you have to watch your dog being delighted by snow in your backyard, and then you shower and you shave. Well, maybe you don't shave, but you shower, you go into work, and you're sitting there, and you've got your, you know, you got your emails, crank things from your boss, and something you forgot about and oh damn it I, I was supposed to show up at four o'clock on friday and forgot all the usual stuff but if you're jay woodcroft you win the hardest working job description day man that's badly worded in edmonton right now he, nobody has more to do than he does this is his to-do list are you ready <clears throat> excuse me replace Connor mcdavid fix the p- penalty kill Find some goals at five on five. Cut down on mistakes. Find a goalie rotation that works. Oh my. Like that's that's a lot. And I like he's making the big coin and he's a smart guy. So I think he will figure this out. But this is a this is a mountain this time. This next two weeks is gonna be tough. One of the things I looked at and I want to talk about today is why Jay Woodcroft is a surprising coach right now. He may be effective, but he's surprising. And I think he could be more effective if he returned to his roots. In his first NHL game as coach, as head coach, Woodcroft had Ryan McLeod, Philip Broberg, Marcus Niebelein, and then Tyler Benson in the lineup. Four rookies, four flat-out rookies, and he played the kids who weren't rookies but were players that, that weren't terribly experienced like Evan Bouchard. He played them more. He turned the roster around along with Dave Benson in a heartbeat. He did a couple of things. Number one, they asked two veterans, Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, to play uber minutes, lots of minutes against tough opposition. And then he slid Evan Bouchard into the second pair inning with Duncan Keith. And it worked very well. 
and I think he'll MacGyver something like that here over the next two weeks and the rest of the year. I think he will come up with a solution. However, one of the disappointments that I'm seeing this year is, and he did play Skinner last year a lot as a rookie, and he did play Holloway and Broberg, but not as much as maybe you'd like him to. This year, and we saw it on Saturday when they put Matthias Janmark on the skill line instead of Dylan Holloway, I think that, that Jay Woodcroft is getting away from his roots. It's like, what's your favorite band? Whenever your favorite band is, do you remember their first album? The first album might have a little more raunch to it, a little more, oh, there's a live wire on that guitar, and it sounds like there's all kinds of, you know, uh, um, chaos going on and, and reverb and feedback. And then by the third album, it's smooth, but it's not as creative, or at least it's not as fun or doesn't sound as live as it should. I think Jay Woodcroft's lost a little of the edge that he had, that the the ability to be creative and increase the size of his roster that he had as a rookie coach in the NHL. And I do believe he has to get back to that. And the way to do it is to put Dylan Holloway on a line that is centered by either Leon Dreisaitl or Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't think that'll happen, but maybe it will. On the other hand, Ken Holland has to find a more workable roster. We have talked about this. Well, we'll go with 21. Well, 21 is not working so far. And now Connor McDavid is hurt, so it's now a 20-man roster. I know it's tough, but the club needs to find a trade that allows an additional roster player. They can do it. You might not like what it looks like, but I don't think they can go all year like this. I really do not. The short-term move is to send down Adam Ernie and run Lane Peterson on the fourth line at, at center. That's the move. That's the play here. I don't know if they're going to make it. They have Minnesota, then New York, and New York's here, and... Minnesota's on the road this week. I don't think we'll see anything in terms of roster changes. Maybe we'll see lineup changes, and we have seen some power play updates. want to run that by you right now. Um, this is, as of just a few minutes ago, Jason Greger is one of the folks who sent it out. Um, the, Evander Kane gets the move up the depth chart. He slides up a little bit. He's in the bumper spot. And so it's Dreisaitl, Nuge, Hyman, Kane, and Bouchard on the first power play. Then Brown, Fogel, McLeod, Nurse, and Ekholm on the second unit. And then Jason Greger said, and this is encouraging, Holloway also rotating in. I wrote today in The Athletic um, a story that I I hope you read. Um, It's called Edmonton Oilers' Slow Start, Exacerbated by Limited Options, Comma, Denial. And I think all of those things are true. I think they're that, you know, sometimes I, I tell you, you just got to be a fan and cheer. I do think right now, with respect to both Mr. Woodcroft and Holland, there are reasons to be critical of the roster and how it's being deployed. Now, one thing in looking at what he's doing with Dylan Holloway that I did notice is there's lots of penalty killing time for Holloway. He's being asked to do that. I don't know how Jay Woodcroft is going to fix the penalty kill. But I do know if he does, and one of the things they can do is stop taking penalties. The Oilers will win more games than they are currently. They have one win, three points in five games. If if Connor McDavid comes back and is healthy, the Oilers will make the playoffs. Don't worry about that. And they can come from eighth. They did in 06 with a, with a far lesser roster. But I... I think that, in all honesty, this Edmonton Oilers team needs to take this time and think about what they've done. No, I think they need to take this time and and figure out some things. I would like to see Evan Bouchard on the third pairing 
with, say, Brad Kulak. Let him let him get confident again. Right now, he's he's got the yips a little bit with his passes. They're going to be intercepted because people have now figured out what he does, and he tries to seam pass, and they're brilliant. But if they're intercepted, they're useless. So the, the, they're reading him. And I think if he's on the third pair, it would be better. Put Broberg on the right side with that comb. Put Nurse with CeCe and Kulak with Evan Bouchard. And then you can have DeHarnay. They're going to dress 11-7, just so you know. Shane says, good test for the team. See a better gauge of the depth. Opportunity knocks. They don't have any depth. That's what I'm telling you. They don't have any depth at all. They have 20 men on the roster. What you've seen before with McDavid is what you're going to see now after McDavid. They can't recall anybody. They can't call Raphael Lavoie. They can't recall a bag of Cheetos right now. They can't do it. Ipso facto. Uh, the good ship and true was a bone to be chewed when the gales of November came early. This is really early for such a great hockey club. And I do think it's okay to be critical, not hammer people because then everybody gets mad and you start booing everybody. But I think it's okay to be critical of the Edmonton Oilers and the coaching staff right now. They're being stubborn a little bit on Dylan Holloway, being stubborn a little bit on Philip Roberg. That's what I wrote in the athletic today respectfully. Sam Gagne has an AHL deal. He's off to Bakersfield. I just want to just want to point something out here. Sam Gagne is a good man. We know that because he's I've interviewed him. He's a, such a nice guy. Uh, but he's also a guy who who does things that a lot of other players in his position would not do. Look, you don't have to look it up at cap friendly. I'm not going to. But Sam Gagne's earned a lot of money. He doesn't need to go to Bakersfield. He doesn't need to sign an AHL deal. Why is he doing that? Because he wants to get back to the NHL. He wants to win a Stanley Cup. And I bet he'd love to win a Stanley Cup as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. For Edmonton Oilers fans, Sam Gagne winning the Stanley Cup on the current roster would be... I, I, I write and I like to think of myself as a writer. So you, you sometimes envision things and you think, man, I'd like to write that. But here's a story that could be written. At the 07 draft, the Edmonton Oilers take Sam Gagne. In that summer, they watch him play in a a Russian exhibition series in the summertime, and he was brilliant. And he came to camp, and he was already in shape, and he looked really good. And there were good players, good young players on that roster. Andrew Cogliano was on that roster, lots of other quality players. Great rookie season for the Oilers. And he made the team, and maybe he shouldn't have, but he did. And one of the reasons is because Kevin Lowe, whether he admits it or not, needed a story. You know, they traded Chris Pronger, and that trade was going to be a long-term deal, nothing short-term. Yaroslav Spachek had signed elsewhere. 06-07 was a mess. And then all of a sudden, this Sam Gagne kid, along with Robert Nilsson and Andrew Cogliano, form a kid line, and people get excited about it. But they're not going anywhere, and they didn't go anywhere for a decade. And everybody called it the decade of darkness. And that's when I started using Gordon Lightfoot lyrics like Gales of November on my blog to describe what was happening. It was a dark time. It was a dark time. And for, for anybody who followed all through that, the, the magic moment where whomever passes the Stanley to Sam Gagne, and hopefully at home, Sam Gagne lifts it over his head. 
I mean, come on. Come on. If you if you understand stories and redemption and and want to make movies or write a book, boy, that's a hell of a crescendo. That's a great climax to a book. I mean, it's you know, you've climbed Everest, climbed Everest. You know the the wars he's been through? That man has been like almost every city in the central division. He's been to the miners. He's been through the desert on a horse with no name. He's been everywhere. He doesn't have to. He's made more money than you'd ever need. But he does it because he loves it. So Sam Gagne going to Bakersfield today is a is a reflection of his character as a human being. A lot of guys wouldn't do that. The NHL has a new analytics department. All I can tell you is the people that I respect, the really smart people in the world, are interested but not enamored. David Johnson might have produced the best hockey site of all time. Hockeyanalysis.com, it's gone. <laughs> the Calgary Flames hired him, and I wept for days. He, it was such an easy site to use. I don't know what he did, but it was genius. Anyway, this is what he said today. Initial thoughts on NHL Edge. That's the analytics department the NHL has put out. It's nice, but it could be so much more. Like, why not show percentiles under 50%? Is this to protect below-average players? Are NHL players that sensitive? Feel sorry for the 47th percentile player that gets listed as just below 50th percentile. So if if the really smart people, and and believe me, these are math folks who are beyond my comprehension. If they don't like it, then I can't like it. Because I need them to get the info, and then I need them to tell me what it says. How's that for honesty? So if it if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't work for me. And I heard certain Yoast ripping on it. I haven't seen uh, anybody from uh, um, Puck IQ yet, but I'm sure they've chimed in as well. Very quickly, because we have to take a break. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? Did they look good or what against a very good Miami team? There was a lot of exposure in the NFL. Like a lot of teams were being exposed as being, you know, like the Detroit Lions. How do you feel today as a Detroit Lions fan? Not good? What about the Ravens? Come on. Who knew this? Not me. Game seven tonight, Rangers Astros. You're not a baseball fan, so you won't appreciate this, but game sevens are fantastic. Do you like game sevens? Yeah, game. I mean, nothing better in sports uh, than a good game seven. Sorry, I just want to uh, drop a little update to the show here. I don't mean to uh, break off uh, break off your oh, rhythm no. or anything. I was just rambling. Uh, a text from our guest, our you know presumed guest uh, Matthew Collar, who's going to be coming up at twelve twenty, texted me eight minutes ago that he's not going to be able to make it. After all, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to be scrambling. We're going to figure something out. But I just wanted to give that uh, that live update on air here. He can, uh, hit me with a hey, I'm really sorry, but I won't read the whole text. Uh, just something to think about uh, going into the next segment here in the next four minutes. But uh, yeah, I love game sevens. So, so let me ask you something. You booked a guest. Yes. And you booked a minute at a time. Yes. And then you asked me to prepare for the guest. All correct so far. And now. You, so you booked the guest. I'm stealing from Seinfeld here. But you couldn't keep the booking. It, it looks that way. Wow. How do you feel right now? Pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Uh, I Listen, I got, I got three minutes and 15 seconds to find somebody. <laughs> so I'm going to do so my best. W- when does he say he can be on? 
he did not give an updated time. Mm. Obviously, I haven't had a chance to text him back. I'm going to do so and so, uh, ask that. May I suggest something? Absolutely. What we'll do is uh, at the break, we'll I'll gather up some some texts that are coming in, and we might run NHL rumors next segment. Would that be cool with you? That'd be great with me. All right. Look now, at this live problem solving on air. Right. Couple of Copernicus's. When we come out of the break, is there going to be music behind the bumper? There will be music. Okay. There will be music. All right. Everybody's informed now, and that's what we really care about. And by the way, can I? Can Connor Halley clean up his stuff? I've got, I've got coffee-soaked notes here. Some phone number of somebody he wants to talk to. There's a promo thing. Does he clean up after himself, or is this because he's married now and he doesn't do that anymore? He's a messy guy, but you would think being married would get him to you know whip his act into shape a little a bit. It takes a while. It takes a while. We're so slow as males. We just are. All right. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. <laughs> oh, Prince. You know, it would have been a perfect cue up for our Minnesota guest. Play a little Prince yeah, beforehand. I remember I do? bought an album. I lived at home still. I bought an album by Prince called Dirty Mind um, and Filthy Lyrics. And my, my dad would come in the, my room go, what did he just say? And I'd have to make up some lie. about. And Prince got me in big trouble. He did oh. in whatever year that was. I was the same with Kanye West with uh, mm. with a late registration and, and graduation back in the day. Yeah, there's uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Lana Del Rey. She's great. My daughter will get, will get off work and I pick her up in the mall or whatever, and she oh I want to listen to this song, Dad, and then she'll pump in Lana Del Rey and some song, and I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like I'm like. I'm your dad. I'm your dad. <laughs> you know, like what the hell? Yeah, for for anyone who doesn't know, Lana is pretty uh, liberating. I think <sighs> would be the right word. Well, and and here's the thing that Lana Del Rey does is she writes these lyrics, but the songs are gorgeous. the The melodies are will will lift you away, and it's all about things that are experiences. It's just, I just keep wanting to scream, "I'm your dad!" during it, which I'm sure. A gas cancel sounds like the first time to give Struddy a call. No way he turned down you down, LT. Give the people what they want, Nard Dog. Uh, Jeff Walker was uh, my okay. Jeff Walker was my uh, <clears throat> producer for a time, and I think he called Struddy so often that Struddy started to get irritated. And do you know how often you have to do something with Struddy for him to get irritated? He's just not that guy. But and Walker's a great guy. Uh, he Walker today is is walking around with a flu shot in one arm and the COVID shot in the other. So I don't know what that means, but he's probably smarter today than he is was yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. Kachuk and Debrinket Hart are sure looking a lot better than Pugliarvi and Benson right now. Pulyu was the consensus pick at three, though, so that's fair enough. I also have a Pugliarvi jersey, haha, from trade-in. It didn't work out, but I still think Pugliarvi will have a career. Uh, you, you never know. You're drafting, you know, you're drafting 17 to 18-year-old players. You just don't know. And, and oftentimes they turn out 
but maybe not at the level that you want them to, but they're still useful players, and I think Pugliarvi might be someday. Do we have Mr. Brown? Sean Brown, who's a great guy, wonderful hockey player. Uh, when he left the NHL, he went to Germany and Austria, and I talked to him years ago. He won't remember the conversation, but he said he loved playing on those teams because he became the leader. He was the guy who handled the puck, and he re-sort of established why he loved the game. That's how you felt then. Is that how you still feel about your time in Europe, Mr. Brown? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Um, yeah, it, it was a great it was a great time uh, for my family. Uh, actually, we we're actually talking about it yesterday because we were kind of going through some store storage room and cleaning up some things and organizing. And um, you know, there was you know we spent such such a long time over there with the kids. We had lots of stuff and memories, and we were kind of reminiscing. Uh, about that so yeah I mean it's you know what you play the game because you want to be um, you want to have an impact on the game and you want to play it and try and play as, in as, as many situations as you can to impact the game and you know there was times in the NHL where you know there was there were those moments um, you know uh, but there was a lot more obviously uh, when I went over to Europe. When you, I want to talk a little bit about young players, Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg specifically, uh, because when you broke into the NHL in the late 90s with the Oilers, there was five games, then 18, and then 51, and you were on your way. And But it takes a little while, and, and I'm sure there were fits and starts even when you were establishing yourself. And Evan Bouchard had such a nice run when after the trade deadline and then into the playoffs, but he's been doing some things this year that are that are not Bouchard-like, or at least... Uh, weren't in his game last spring. And I wonder, I, I've been saying maybe check him down to the third pairing as opposed to making to, to asking him to play uh, tough minutes against Ekholm. Does, does, in your mind, does that work, or is it better for him to just stay where he is and work through those issues? No, I think it's important for Woodcroft to coach the team and where they're at in that particular moment. I mean, last year is last year, and obviously he had a great year. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, just because he's, you know, maybe struggling a little bit right now doesn't mean that he's going to be struggling next week. But, um, you know, little tinkers and little adjustments um, by the coach um, are always necessary throughout the year at, at different times. Um, you know, I, it's a tough league. It's a very, it's a tough league in the, in the sense that, you know, what you did last year or even last week um is no guarantee it's going to happen, you know, in the next game or the next week. So, uh, you know, it's such a mental game, um, you know, and he's, he's learned that. And, you know, this isn't anything that I'm sure he hasn't went through throughout his young career at, you know, the minor hockey level or, you know, playing major junior. I mean, consistency um, is something that every player, you know, has challenges with. NHL on the biggest stage, um, he'll have some, you know, reflection on how he's kind of handled this in the past. And, um, you know, it's exciting to, to kind of watch, you know, the Oilers grow here. I mean, this is what the season is all about, highs and lows and the struggle. And because they were predicted and they have um, a great opportunity here to make a great run, I mean, this is what makes it so special. And, we all watch the NHL when 
you know, they win the cup. And one of my favorite things to do is watch the emotion when they're lifting the cup and they're hugging each other. This is what it's all about. It's because (laughs) they're not crying because it was easy. They're (laughs) crying because it was a struggle, right? And, um, you know, and and this is part of it. So, um, you know, you kind of see what you got as a player, as a team. You know, the organization is obviously assessing everyone too. So, you know what, I think he'll be fine. I think obviously the team is going to be fine too. Um, you know, with McDavid out here, I think everyone's now, you know, got to be a little bit more urgent. I mean, that's obviously what they all need in their game right now anyway. So this just, you know, the alert level's a little higher now. Sean Brown, our guest on Sports 1440 in the Lowdown with Low Tide. I wonder if, you know, I Doug Waite got hurt. I think in your rookie year and, and I don't know what was said and I know that everybody would have rallied around, but I, he missed about half of the year as I recall. And do you re- to remember that moment? Do you remember what, uh, what, what the elements were and how, how difficult or easy it was to rally around because everybody was all hands on deck? Yeah. Like I said, I, I think when a guy, I don't remember exactly what happened to Dougie, but I mean, you know, playing hockey as long as I did, there was lots of guys hurt at different times. And, um, you know what, it's not, it's not a situation where in the dress room you got to look at it as, as trying to do more. Um, obviously, Doug Waite back in the day, you know, did a lot of things for the Oilers, just very similar to what Connor McDavid means to, to the Oilers now. No one's going to pick up where, and, and be expected to do what McDavid does for the team. Um, but I think individually the you know the importance of everyone making sure that you know their own game is tight and what they have to do that's probably the most important thing i don't, I don't think you want a bunch of guys trying to do too much it's it's uh it's a team game um and i think if everyone approaches it as you know what they bring to the team they need to do individually consistently you know throughout a 60 minute game you know, I think they're fine. I mean, just, I mean, he is a big part, but there are other pieces there. You know, you got, you know, this is a great opportunity for a guy like um, Evander Kane, who, you know, I think obviously might not be happy with some of the opportunity that he's getting. Well, here it is. Um, he's a big piece of the team. And if they're going to move forward, they need a guy like that to step up. And, um, you know, obviously Dreisaitl, you know, is Dreisaitl. He's, he's a big, you know, he's a guy that, I think very similar to, you know, the time that Pittsburgh had all those runs with Melnick and and Crosby, where he can be that guy now. This is this is his team. What can he do? How can he elevate his game? I expect him to do that. I think he can do that. Um, but I don't think anyone wants to just try and take it on, you know, themselves. I think, you know, collectively now, they all got to a man, you know, bring what they bring to the team consistently now. Sean Brown, our guest. I wanted to ask you, Sam Gagne signed an AHL deal. He's been in the NHL really since 07. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to look up his career earnings, but he's he's certainly made enough coin. But uh, it is a reflection of, I think, the fact that he really does want to win. He wants to be back in the NHL. He wants to ride that nag until it drops. And the possibility of, you know, you described it earlier, lifting that Stanley Cup over his head. That is a dream. And I, I only imagine somebody like you who played in the National Hockey League and had a significant career, you understand completely why he's doing that because the opportunity to play in the NHL on a Stanley Cup winning team is such a, a giant pull for a player. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, that he's doing it, this at his stage of his, you know, career. And, um, you know, that speaks volume to exactly, like you said, the character and the type of person he is. 
And this could be just a, an amazing story at the end of the, the season if they reach the goal. And I think throughout the season, uh, you know, with injuries and situations that, you know, there's a, there's a chance that he's going to, that's why they brought him in. There's a chance that he's going to be there. I think, you know, his loyalty to the organization that gave him a start, I think he wants to see this through. He knows that, um, he knows where they're at as an organization. It's a great spot to be in. Um, and he wants to, you know, finish his career, I'm sure, uh, with a Stanley Cup. So, you know, a guy at that age that's willing to go down there and grind, um, show the young guys uh, what it's about um, to be a pro, how to act like a pro. The Oilers are very, very fortunate to have him so that those kids can see that. That only speeds up their development. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised that at the end of his career he probably – steps into some type of role, you know, whether it's with the Oilers or some NHL team, I think he'd be a, a very valuable, valuable piece. So um, you can kind of see a little bit of the plan. And, you know, I think Ken Holland sees that, you know, what a grind it is to get there and the different scenarios that could present itself. And you got a guy um, that you can, you know what you're going to get for him. Right. I mean, with veteran guys, they're reliable. You know what you're going to get. You don't know 100 percent sure what you're going to get from from the younger players. So if there's a situation where a veteran's needed, you, I don't think they could ask for a better guy that could step in and just, you know, give them some minutes. Sean Brown, thank you so much for this. Appreciate it. Awesome. Have a good day, guys. All right. Sean Brown, former Oiler, former NHL player, former Bruin. So he played for lots of my favorite teams. Now, just so we can reconstruct the the scenario here so that people know just what happened, I had prepared for an interview with uh, Matthew Collar, uh, author of Football as a Numbers Game and covers the Vikings at Purple Insider. He dumped us. Um, you had secured the interview, but you could not deliver the interview. And then Sean Brown jumped in, and I had to quickly formulate several questions, which I just asked, and we had a nice conversation. Is that what's happened? That was a perfect recap right. of the uh, situation that just unfolded. And I, I gotta say, I, I mean, I want you to know I'm exhausted. Yeah, I, no, I mean, you. Listen, I'm just, I'm all in, but the kitchen sink. You pulled it out of the embers and uh, put is together it, a great interview. Is it um, all in but the kitchen sink, or all in but the dishes? I think it's all in but the kitchen sink. That's what I always knew it as. But mm. what do I know? Kitchen sink. It's like everything but the kitchen sink. You you, you threw everything at him but the kitchen sink. Yeah, but I was trying to say I'm all in, but, you know. Oh, maybe we're thinking of different well, things. Well, no, I just think I got it wrong is what happened, and it does happen to, to me a lot. I We used to have a play in football. We I think we ran it once my whole time I was there. It was called Kitchen Sink, and everyone blitzed except the safety over top. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was an 11-man rush and That's... one safety over top. Oh it was my basically God. like a certified punt block, but on defense. So what happened? Uh, it was like a third and one or like third and inches. The one time we ever ran it, we literally, we ran it once in three years and I think we stuffed him, but I mean, pretty like, listen, if the, if the quarterback was good enough to audible out of it and throw a little like hook screen pass to a, with a blocker good in front, we, we were good toast. For, yeah. Well, I just love the, the, can you imagine the sphincter on the quarterback? The, all of them, you know, looking for a jailbreak. Like, oh, I hope there's like a ice cream truck behind me because this is just too much. Because it's something you don't run in practice. Like, no one's ever like, yeah, the other team's gonna blitz eleven guys. Yeah. Like, you don't even work out that scenario. You know, I watched the uh, Rough Riders lose their their coach yesterday, and uh, 
on the first two, there was first down and second down. They blitzed a lot of guys, and nothing good happened. And on the third one, they they didn't blitz anybody. And I'm like, you, what what part of of this whole game do you not understand? Blitz them again. They can't handle your blitz. Yeah, like it was like he had the play sheet backwards or something. Like when to run what? He just kept messing. It was ridiculous. I I, I was like, wow. And as it turns out, Mr. Dickinson's been fired, correct? He has. He's yeah. out. Jeremy O'Day's sticking around, though. We just got a contract extension. But yeah, Craig Dickinson uh, out as the coach. I know so many Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, and I know what they're all saying today. Good, but what the hell with the you know extension? And I'm like, I don't care. Trey Ford is going to... Would you say right now that the fortunes of the Edmonton Elks are higher than your Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Um... I mean, I listen. If, if Chris Jones comes back in in all three roles, I don't know. But if he just, you know, if he sticks to one and Trey Ford, the future is bright. I would say, I would say probably. But, but like I said, it, it comes down to Chris Jones for me. All right. Okay. Did you just want me to say yes, and we could be done with the conversation? Well, I was listen, hoping Trey I, Ford I, is the brightest. I drifted piece away of off. I, I was like, you know, okay, good answer, I guess. You don't care. <laughs> All right, uh, NHL rumors. There are a few, and a few that involve the Edmonton Oilers. You want to hear about? This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown on Sports fourteen forty. Dropping our own version of wisdom. There's a stretch. Uh, courtesy Wolf GMC Buick. Every weekday, noon to two. If you were going to describe this show, I don't think wisdom would come to mind. I would say, I would say structured banter. Mm. I call it chaos unglued. It's not bad either. Mine sounds a little bit more like we have our ducks in a row, which is why I like that. But yours is probably probably a touch more accurate. I don't think we're I think what I love about our show and I have always tried to keep it this way is that I think there's something for everybody. If you're a sports fan, we talk a lot of sports. If you're not a sports fan, your eyes are going to glaze over a lot. But we will come back to you. We will come back and there'll be something for you. You just have to wait for it. You have to wait and be patient, and it'll come to you. A perfect example of this is my sister listens to, sh- to the show, and I say, you know, like, that's that's really nice of you, but I know you're not a huge sports fan. And she says, no, no, I like the banter between you guys. Yeah. Like, I listen for the banter. Yeah, so. I think, uh, and we're going to do a little banter now. We got one. Because you were at a wedding this weekend, and, and I want everybody to know that, you know, you care about sports, and you are a learned sports uh, broadcaster. However... Your level of care as it pertains to American college football is at a level that that would, I think, rival anything that you enjoy in sports. And you missed the entire slate, including a great Penn State-Ohio State game. I did. I did. Listen, I knew long ago this was going to be my fate. I knew I wasn't uh, going to be able to watch the Penn State-Ohio State game, one that obviously I had circled for a while. Tennessee and Bama were playing as well. USC-Utah, a lot of good games over the weekend. Uh, missed them. But listen, it's your friend only gets married once. Uh, well, you don't know that. No, come on. They're in love. They're going to stay together. Okay. Uh, right. you, you Listen, you got you to gotta buck up and say some things are bigger than me. <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, check the highlights and that's that. But uh, Now, did you, did you say to him, as you should have, this is your gift. I'm here. I didn't. Okay. I didn't because I like with with a couple other friends I might have 
No, not with Jer. Too too close because you care for him, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. This is a big hug kumbaya moment, and mm-hmm. uh, I can't even ruin it. So good for you. No, it was great. Now, welcome back, Low Tide. Food for thought. Who would you rather have as a core? Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, or Nurse Skinner, Connor Leon? Just maybe the Canucks are better collectively from the old guy in the Kootenays. Well, let me let me turn that around, old guy in the Kootenays. Let's put everybody in the draft. Ken Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Demko, Pedersen, Miller, Nurse, Skinner, Connor, and Leon. And we each draft one or the other. Who are the first two picks? Connor and Leon. Trade McDavid for a goalie. Just kidding. Oh, man. Honesty, LT. The Oilers have been a, a team designed to serve McDi- McDavid and Dry for years. All the ice time, all the power play cookies. Coach after coach has ignored a four-line attack in favor of the easy way out. Now they're stuck as they are. Look, I, I'm not going to criticize the coach for running McDavid and Drysidle till hell won't have it. I would. I w- I'd have Mark Pouliot as the third-line center, but I would run the living hell out of those guys. I'm sorry, but I would. I can't believe Edmonton declined Sam Lafferty for DeHarnay. Well, they did. I love Dreisaitl, but it's hard watching him take three strides from the goal line on a back check to go for a change. That's not leadership. Dreisaitl is... Uh, um, he is... I really like him as a power forward. And I, I know that sometimes he'll, he'll, he will not be able to keep up on a back check. But he's improved in his own end of the ice. The one thing that I think he could do is cut down on the the suicide passes that could end up on a two-on-one the other way. And I think that he does in the playoffs, but I wish he would do it all year long because I think the Edmonton Oilers, when the, when the, when the lead dogs come to a season and say, we are going to play it safe and we are going to play it strong, that's when they're going to win a Stanley Cup. Because when, when I remember Glenn Sather once, they asked him like on day three of, of training camp, this was when the glory Oilers were all together. And they said like on day three or four, they'd played a preseason game. And he's like, somebody said, well, what do you think of these young guys? And he says, I can't tell yet. Everybody thinks he's Gretzky. And there's a thing about that. When McDavid starts doing dangles and Leon starts doing dangles, then all of a sudden, you know, Horst Schmidt over there is doing dangles, and it doesn't work for Horst. So what you, what you need to do, I think, these guys are brilliant. They just are. But I think you've got to be sure. It's, there's a song by the Young Rascals, How Can I Be Sure? That, that's what they need to be, sure. There's a certain conservative style these brilliant young players have not adopted yet, and I do believe that's a key to winning the Stanley. Do you think we're already pretty close to being playing for second place in the West? We'll see. I mean, Vegas is gone. If they continue to be gone, they're gone. But the Oilers will have their day. They'll have a long winning streak. Low Tide, I love the witty sarcasm. Never change it. The Oilers are too soft in a couple of spots. They're too easy to play against at times. To me, it costs them defensively five-on-five scoring. Crow's Nest Oiler. I, I think part of the problem, there's two problems. Number one, we talk about rugged or toughness like it has to be a penalty each time, and it doesn't. 
You don't need to cross-check a guy. You just need to be physical. You know who's really good at being physical and not taking penalties? Connor McDavid. He's filthy. He's a mean, mean man. He's a bully. But he gets away with it because he's McDavid, but also because he doesn't he doesn't go too far. He doesn't he, he's not malicious. And I think the orders as a group could learn a little bit about how Connor McDavid is physical and how he separates man from puck and doesn't take a penalty. He's gifted in that area like every other one. He's touched by God. My goodness, what a player. But the other thing is that that and this is this is Broberg's issue is gap control and coverage. Young defensemen get fooled because they think they have the guy and they don't. And that happens to Broberg. How do you cure that? You play him. That's why not playing him is not a good idea. Play him. Play him. Play him. And then the other thing is when Evan Bouchard is struggling now, and he is, with confidence, then you need to back him off a little bit. This is not new. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a story. The Edmonton Oilers, for many years now, have had chaos defensemen come in, play well, then struggle, then get traded. Tom Pody, Justin Schultz, and maybe Evan Bouchard. I don't know. But their trick is, do you remember what the Pittsburgh Penguins did when they acquired Justin Schultz? I remember it was like yesterday because I, I wanted to watch. They didn't, they didn't put him in games. He skated with the team. He worked with the coaching staff. I think it was a week before he was, like, you know, entering games. Might have been less, but it was a, a few days. And they slowly but surely built his confidence back. They, they worked on what his skills were. What they did was what great coaches and managers do in sports all over sports. They put young players in a position to succeed. So you play Philip Broberg. You back off the minutes for Evan Bouchard. It's it's like it's like playing the accordion. Do you play the accordion? I do not. Okay. Well, the accordion is an instrument that that requires you to move it in and out. The Who called it a squeeze box, but they were talking about something else. And so that's sort of how Jay Woodcroft has to coach. He has to go out with Roberg scrunch in with Evan Bouchard. I didn't know if I could make that work, and I'm still not sure. (laughs) Uh, One day they're just going to come in here and roll me. I'm on wheels. They could just roll me out the doors, and that'll be the end of it. Well, LT, the way you laid the Gagne storyline certainly tugs on the heartstrings, like Ray Bork in Colorado. You should send the screenplay to the NHL writers so they write the script and get Gary Bay to be to improve it. Improve it from Sean. Well, I mean, the the what Sean Brown said that was a really good comment he made. They don't they don't when they get the the Stanley Cup these guys they don't they cry not because it was easy they cry because it was so hard. Like, they're probably thinking about their mom and dad waking up at 3.30 in the morning and driving the meteor to the rink and all of the sacrifices that were made. Because guess what? If it's a family of six and there's two hockey players, the four that aren't hockey players are not getting the full bore, especially if somebody's a goalie, my God. I got an idea. Grab a random guy in the mall, interview him or her. Go Niners from Hemi. That was about Plan C. 
with where we were you at. You know, so. I am insulted. I can talk forever without any help. No, you can. You can. But I, I feel bad when I... Ramble you know. on. Prattle away. It's what I do. Very quickly, uh, this is the NHL rumors segment, but I wanted to get to some great comments. Uh, McDavid, upper body, if you missed it, a couple of weeks, he'll miss the, the uh, outdoor game. Gagne signed in the AHL. That means he's going to Bakersfield. Gagne has, has earned more money than most people will in the lifetime, but he loves it so much. He wants to be in the NHL. He wants his name on a Stanley. I love the story. I totally love the story. Could you stop making noise? Sorry. You're just like a giant noisemaker. You you got air coming out of every orifice. You're sneezing. <laughs> you're coughing. You're typed like a lunatic. What is it with you? Listen, to be fair, I don't think anyone would have heard me sneeze if you didn't address it. We could have just I, had a laugh and moved on. I heard it. It was like, oh, I knew you were going to. And I actually, th- I, I, while I was sneezing, I was thinking, I was like, oh, Al's going to have something to say about this. Is there nothing you can do that's quiet? You're just like a human noisemaker. I'm sorry. I try my best. I try to tone it down, but I'm so, it's tough out here. Do you talk during movies? No. Well, at yeah, home. Yeah, see, like, now you well, do. But not talk in the theater. Talk during movies. Not in the, never in the theater. What's the longest you've gone without talking? Like 16, 17 minutes. And it's tough. It gets to you. You start, like, you're alone with your thoughts. You don't know what to do. It's like when you're in that quiet room, you start to hallucinate. It's tough. <laughs> I think this is an opportunity for Declan to launch his MMA segment from Seve the Kamish. You know, do you think there's an appetite for that? Because I'd be open to it. Yeah, I mean, it's not my show. So, I mean, obviously, if I get the call, uh, I'm could always do, open to... Could you do one a week or is that too much? No, I could, oh, easily. They have cards every week and uh, always storylines floating around. So, yeah, it'd be no problem. But listen, if there's no market for it, I'm not going to you know put it well, out no, there just to do it's it. Not, it's not, it's a, well, here's what I want to know. Like, the show should be as wide as it can be. I can't mm-hmm. do MMA. I can't. I just, I'm not, I, I, if you want to talk boxing, I can talk about George Foreman and Ali. I can talk about Mike Tyson. I can talk about Larry Holmes. Um, I can talk about Sugar Ray. I can talk about Joe Lewis because my dad told me about him, but I don't know the MMA at all. Well, so. Listen, we can do we can do a we can do a wide umbrella of combat sports. And we can get boxing and MMA in there. What day would be best for you? Al, it's your show. I have no, no. I'm asking you. It is my show. What day is best for you? You do Friday with the declinations. Yep. So great segment, by the way. Uh, I listen. Monday would be always be great to do a little recap then a preview of the uh, upcoming weekend. But again, like I have no okay, so Monday. We're gonna do it Monday. Let's right. let's work through a title for it. How about how about we borrow from ABBA and call it Mama MMA? Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's 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 easy. Can we play Mama Mia introing? Oh, always. All right. So starting next Monday, Mama MMA. That's a feature. Book it. I'll just sit and have a beer. <laughs> I was, you know, I might be a genius. I'm just saying. I don't want to say it out loud, although I already did. But I booked passage to another 15 minute break. I'll take it. But I'm going to be going to you. I'm going to be flying to you saying, Al, what do you think about this? 
Oh, no, this is all independent. I don't have to okay. do anything. Okay. You're, okay, okay. So has, that. has Matthew Collar collared back, or is we, we are we done with him? Yeah, I had a nice little text with him. Uh, he cannot go before 3 p.m. Central today, which is obviously 2 p.m. our time. Uh, show will be over, unfortunately. Hopefully, we can have him back some other time to okay. you know, well, recap like the game, to, yeah. preview the Vikings. But today... Uh, he made a comment. I, please book him. I made a comment online today that I really want to explore with him. I do my research, and it was a story that I really want to talk to him about. So Matthew caller will be on in the future coming up next text lines uh, questions and comments you have a lot of stuff you want to talk about today jason gregor will join us at 120 among the things he'll talk about is gagne uh he was down at practice so we'll talk about the new power play look including evander kane in the bumper position that and more on the way uh this is the lowdown with low tide on sports 1440 and it's time for an update this is a sports 1440 update for your sports 1440 update, light day in the NHL, just one game on the schedule. Canadians and Sabres, puck drop at five. Oilers news is the Bakersfield Condors have signed forward Sam Gagne to a one-year deal. And around the NHL, Winnipeg Jets head coach Rick Bonus will be taking a leave of absence to attend to the health of his wife, Judy. Associate coach Scott Arniel will serve as the interim coach in his absence. Kraken forward Burakovsky is expected to miss six to eight weeks after undergoing a procedure on an upper body injury. He sustained the injury on Saturday night against the Rangers. Craig Dickinson is out as the Rough Riders head coach following the second straight season. The team lost seven consecutive games to end the year. Dickinson went 34 and 34 in four seasons with the team, including one and two in the playoffs. Jaden McDaniels has agreed to a five-year, $136 million contract extension with the Minnesota Timberwolves. McDaniels averaged 12.1 points and 3.9 rebounds in 79 games with the Timberwolves last season. 49ers star running back Christian McCaffrey will play tonight against the Minnesota Vikings per sources. McCaffrey was listed as questionable for the game after suffering an oblique injury during last Sunday's loss to the Browns. And MLB playoffs tonight. Diamondbacks in Philly to take on the Phillies. That game goes just after three. Philly leads that series 3-2. And the Rangers in Houston against the Astros first pitch just after six. That is the pivotal game seven. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been your Sports 1440 Update.